0: This afternoon I preached to you the Word of God as we read it in the seventh commandment and confess that uh, what that teaches in Lord's Day 41. Lord's Day 41 of the Heidelberg Catechism. That's page 556 in the book of praise. And the seventh commandment is God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall not commit adultery. The church confesses, what does the seventh commandment teach us? That all unchastity is cursed by God. We must therefore detest it from the heart and live chaste and disciplined lives, both within and outside of holy marriage. Does God in this commandment forbid nothing more than adultery and similar shameful sins? Since we, body and soul, are temples of the Holy Spirit, it is God's will that we keep ourselves pure and holy. Therefore, he forbids all unchaste acts, gestures, words, thoughts, desires, and whatever may entice us To in chastity. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is fire good or is fire bad? Children, what do you think the answer is to that question? Is fire good? Or is fire bad? Well, if you're ice fishing and someone makes a nice fire to keep you warm, then I guess you would think that fire is good. But if you uh, are like your your dad or or your uncle that's adjusting the fire and then burns his hand and goes, "Oh, that hurts, then you might say, well, fire is bad. And then we see that fire is a gift that God has given us that is good when it is in the right place and used for the right purpose, but it is bad when it is in the wrong place, like on your clothes or, or spreading out through a forest in, in a big forest fire. In the Bible, we see that sometimes the physical and emotional love between a man and a woman is compared to a fire. If a man gets too close to a woman who is not his wife and they sleep together, the Bible tells us that is called adultery. That is not a good thing. Proverbs 6, verses 27 to 28 make us think about that. It says it's like receiving the gift of fire, but then holding it next to your your chest so that it burns your clothes. It's like walking on coals. It, It burns your feet. But if a man and a woman, a man and his wife, who love each other, hold each other and sleep together, the Bible says that's a good thing because they are husband and wife. Song of Solomon that we saw on the screen as we walked into church today. It says that it's like receiving the gift of fire from God and using it to weld two people together so that their love cannot be quenched. You can't put it out. Physical and emotional love is like fire that can be good if it is in the right place, but bad if it is in the wrong place. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ and of this theme, God gives the fire of marital love to bless our marriages and families. And we'll see that outside of marriage, the fire is dangerous. And secondly, inside marriage, the fire serves The kingdom. As we pass through our teenage and adolescent years, many of us find out that we have some very strong feelings that seem to come from the very core of our being. Besides the regular longing for good friends, we start to feel a deeper desire to have a physical and more deeply emotional relationship with a friendly, godly, Man or woman, and to literally share our hearts with them. And then when we start looking around for guidance, we find that these strong feelings of attraction are being experienced by, by almost everyone. And in fact, love, however it may be defined, it's a major part of almost every type of human communication, whether it be songs or TV shows or, or movies or, or books. It's a a line that you can almost always find when when you're reading or or watching things on TV. When we turn to the Bible, besides some very excellent instruction in Genesis, Proverbs, Psalms, Ephesians, we find a whole book called The Song of Solomon that is dedicated to the feelings of love between a man and a woman. In reading these Bible books, we also see that we have touched on a very important life-impacting reality of life that needs to be handled with care. The Bible tells us that the feelings of attraction that God gives us long before we are married, gives it ahead of time so that we can find a man or a godly husband or a godly wife, that these feelings are very strong. And that they need to be handled correctly. Song of Songs 2, verse 7. It's that chorus. If you know the book a little bit, you know the repeated theme. I adjure you that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. It's clear that love can be dangerous if it is in the wrong situation. And if you allow feelings to override your, your rational Thinking or good biblical priorities. And then, as we read through scriptures, like the passage we read in Proverbs, the passage in Ephesians 5, the Holy Spirit makes it very clear that He knows about all those temptations and all those struggles that we experience at all ages. And since feelings can be difficult to control, if they are separated from true scriptural love, we find the Bible teaches that those strong feelings of attraction that they can make you vulnerable. They can make you vulnerable. Other people can manipulate you, manipulate, manipulate your feelings, control you, and you can lose control. And even though we as, as Christians know That there is behavior that is proper for the saints and behavior that is not proper for the saints, like we read in Ephesians 5, verse 3, and we know that, and we're redeemed and we're washed clean. We find that the temptations don't stop. The Holy Spirit knows that we are often tempted in subtle ways, in, in seemingly harmless situations through relationships that form and, and develop over time in, in somewhat unavoidable situations. He knows about the temptation of working beside young men and young women for long hours. And, and some of us have it that it's through the night and highly emotional situations. They know how hard, the Spirit knows how hard it is not to get physically attracted to co-workers because they seem to recognize gifts that your wives or your husbands never understand. Your co-workers at least respect you, you feel. He knows that adultery starts weeks or months before physical contact. The Holy Spirit knows the human nature. And yet, brothers and sisters, the Lord God Almighty, the eternal King, Jesus Christ, still, they still call any behavior that drives a wedge between a married couple, it's called a sin for which the wrath of God comes. We read that very clearly in Ephesians 5. It's all like fire outside the fireplace. Sexual immorality is an unfruitful work of darkness that hurts and burns. It keeps you away from your first love, that is Jesus Christ. It causes you to to give your first strength to destruction, we read in Proverbs. And when God gave the seventh commandment at Sinai, sin had already entered the world. It had already twisted godly physical attraction so that people began to, to reject God's command to keep it in the marriage bed. And they went out and, and they started to sell some cheap imitation, adulterated form of so-called love. And they just made it available to all. Since the days of Lamech, the boaster with his two wives, when people started separating that physical and emotional love from the exclusive relationship to one husband or to one wife, then selfishness and envy began to change the function, the nature of physical attraction. Even today, some people are so blinded and enslaved to their addiction for personal pleasure that they see every other person as a a mere object of their desires and every remote opportunity. They imagine it to be an option. It's like they're walking around, there are people walking around with with their clothing dosed in gasoline. But instead of telling them to change their clothes so that they don't get burned by the fire, instead of telling them to change their, their, their clothes through gentle and loving rebukes, And instead of offering the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ that breaks people free from the addiction and the over-focus, the foolishness, the arrogance, and the selfishness of such people is regularly affirmed by the general attitudes portrayed in the different movies and the different TV shows that dirty screens all over the world. They encourage them never to think about the well-being or the health, the hearts, and the souls of the people that they imagine to be conquering. That's the world that we live in. The affirmations that are repeated over and over in in a lot of the stuff, maybe stuff you're even watching on TV or letting your, your family watch affirming the wrong idea. It's pure grace, then, brothers and sisters, when we can come to church on a Sunday, and when God, through the law, and through the teaching of the prophets, and through the clear instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, and through the apostles, he shows his perfect love by telling the world the truth the truth about everything that people today call love. Although they may call it love, the Bible makes it clear that it's hardly different than the animal in- instinct of a dog. Their emotional, visual, and even physical promiscuity is really a wicked evil that humiliates, that crushes, that angers, that dehumanizes. There is a reason that rape and degradation of women is a part of the jihad warfare strategy. The Proverbs explain that a man may forgive a thief who is motivated by hunger, but a man who destroys himself by committing adultery, we read, lacks sense and gets wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. It's no wonder that Paul just draws the line in the sand and says, no filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking. We confess that. Unchaste acts, gestures, words, thoughts, desires, and whatever may entice us to unchastity, they all belong to that category Of fire outside of the fireplace. Fire outside of marriage. It simply doesn't fit. People redeemed by Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, God calls us to fight hard. To hate. It's Jude 23. Hate even the garment stained by the flesh. As we think about it, we recognize that means whatever causes me to to lose control over those volatile feelings, those desires, those whatever causes me to lose control so that they start prowling around outside of marriage, whether it be future marriage or, or the present marriage I am in, whether it be a perceived opportunity to gratify sinful desires without getting caught without getting hurt by the consequences, like a, a hotel stay on a work journey or a bunch of colleagues going for a few beers after work or a trip south of the equator. Late nights on a computer alone in my room. Whatever causes me to replace the calling of the kingdom and wisdom with the calling of the adulterous person whether it be music or dress or what we're watching, that's also defiling God's holy dwelling place. We confess we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, treat your body like a temple of the Holy Spirit. The fire of physical love outside of marriage, it's dangerous, it hurts. But when you set and submit yourselves to Jesus Christ, as Lord, he frees you from the chains. And so we see a a warning in Scripture to the aggressor, against the the aggressor, and and an offer of freedom from the chains when you submit to Jesus Christ. But Scripture also offers a great comfort for everyone who has been taken advantage of. When we live in in this environment just, just, saturated with the idea of conquest and selfishness and control, the fire of strong feelings and physical love that belongs to marriage, they end up hurting a lot of people when they're outside of marriage. Leads young men, young women to completely focus on their outward appearance. It becomes a, an idolatry. And then there are those who are seriously hurt. Hurt physically, hurt emotionally, hurt for their whole life. Live in fear. And we see, brothers and sisters, that that all this outside of marriage is simply and bluntly not good for anyone. The gospel message once again, is that the seventh commandment comes to people, comes to us, who gather here today. It comes to us who love the Lord. We love the Lord because we can turn to him in spite of our own sins. We can turn to him for healing when we have been hurt. We are called Temples of the Holy Spirit. We speak of the purifying work of our Lord Jesus Christ. The the blood that makes us clean and pure and white before our Father in heaven. Brothers and sisters, we see the, the open arms of our Father in Jesus Christ to everyone who submit to him, who believes in Jesus Christ. It's the gospel that makes us whole again. Christ bought you body and soul with his precious blood so that he could dwell in you and be your only Lord and your master. The passage we read or in the, in the catechism, we confess about being temples of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's in 1 Corinthians six verses 18 to 20. And, and the resounding message of the seventh commandment is you are that temple. You have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit dwells in your hearts and your lives. You can walk, you can trust in him and know that you have union with Christ. If you give in to your sinful passions, they will burn you up. But you can have union with Christ and satisfy your, these longings and desires for physical love in the place that God gave you, that he established for that fire. It's called holy marriage. Those physical desires that you have are, are not for you to play around with and, and to satisfy any way you want, but God also announces that there is marriage, the union of a husband and a wife. Inside of marriage, we see that the fire serves the kingdom, that fire of physical and emotional love. As Christians, we see that strong attraction between a man and a woman as something that, that is beautiful, that, that comes from God, and that belongs exclusively in the context of the command from God that a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. You see that in the passage we read in Ephesians 5. It's the base for what Paul is explaining. Adam's joy to have Eve as a wife that he expressed in that song in Genesis 2 verse 20, 23. Bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He was so happy. It shows that God satisfies Adam and Eve's desire for love through their companionship. And when they are told to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, we learn that their desires for each other also served to bring families unto the earth. At the same time, as we keep reading scriptures, we see that not every godly saint got married. That reminds us also at the same time not to make a, a, a big deal, too big of a deal about having to get married. We should not think that everybody needs to get married. Sometimes when we have a, a community so full of families, there's a lot of pressure. We put on ourselves, we put on, on others. But when we consider the situation of our Lord Jesus, and we look at the Apostle Paul who, who never got married we can clearly see that a single person does not miss out on what it means to love or to be loved and also does not miss out on any fundamental part of being human. Just like a person who has never traveled to China is no less of a person than someone who has married and unmarried are simply two mutually exclusive experiences in this life. In the same way that not everyone can be a male, and not everyone can be a female, not everyone will be single, and not everyone will be married, but everyone can glorify God in the place and the situation that God has placed them. The seventh commandment does not demand that every person must be married, but it teaches us that we must keep the fire of physical and emotional love only in the married context, this marital love, only in the marital context where it can be a servant of the kingdom of God, where it can be used to strengthen marriages. So in a life that is permeated with Christ's love for us, we, we hear that in the sixth commandment, we read that in the first commandment, uh, two verses of ephesians five The, the context of christ 's unspeakable, amazing love for for all his church and the love that we have for one another as brothers and sisters in that, in that love that we, we have, we give and we receive in the communion of saints. There is also, and we see this in many cases, a further concentration of love where the connection between two people is a little stronger so that they will be equipped to remain together and to bring a family into the world. Although physical desire, attraction, and union is somewhat volatile, somewhat somewhat. Uh, difficult to keep in check because it it really touches the, the very core feelings of our being. When it is enjoyed in the context for which God made it, in a marriage relationship between a man and his wife, then it is the exact thing that we need for a happy married life. When physical love is combined with lifetime commitment, with acceptance, with contentment, with grace, well, then it serves to to forge a most powerful bond that no waters can even ever quench. In a godly marriage, the flame of all our feelings and all our desires gets zeroed in on one person like the, the flame on a welder's torch that gets concentrated, and that concentrated heat joins and molds two people together. You see, a welder who wants to join two pieces of metal together will not walk around with his, his torch waving around and, and burning anyone nearby or allowing anything to interfere to get in, in that flame to, to make it diffuse, to, to, to lose its concentration and, and spread out. He will keep it focused on the one target, of, is, is the object that he is trying to mold together. In the same way, in a godly, chaste marriage, we can see the value of the burning fire of pure marital love. And when we think about it, we see that we're joining two metals that are actually quite different. In a marriage, we see the union of of two people who are actually very different physically and and also emotionally. In a marriage, you see two people living and and sleeping together who have each received a, a different role. A different responsibility in the development of this world in which God has placed us. It takes a special bond to keep two complementary but different people together to obey the mandate that God has given. It takes a decision on both the part of on part of both husband and wife to be faithful to God's word and to trust that the fire. Of marital love cannot sneak out past the walls of marriage. It would burn others clearly, it would hurt your husband, it hurts your wife, but when it is in the marriage, it's a very rich blessing. We make the decision with our brain, with the Bible, with the Spirit in your heart, and not with the burning emotions and the eyes which have so much trouble being content. When husband and wife trust God's promise, they decide to obey and to put chastity before selfish pursuit of different experiences. They will find that marital love experienced in the correct context is a great blessing. For their relationship. When a husband and wife can sleep together in a transparent relationship, it is the greatest way of showing complete commitment to one another. It is a sign of trust and confidence that gives joy, that removes fear from all the other parts of their married life together. The fire of marital love also encourages communication and cooperation, and strengthens the sense of companionship. It's true that no Christian anywhere in the world is ever left alone to face the world, but in a marriage that togetherness is not only seen and heard, it is also felt. And finally, marital love ensures that children are born in the best, safest, and most loving environment possible where they can be built up together by two loving and focused, but also special and unique parents. When the fire of marital love is kept in the boundaries that God established for it, then we can truly see the wisdom of God, who enriched our redeemed life with this very important, unique, and wonderful relationship. As we look at that, we also see why God says don't commit adultery. You have a a beautiful gift that's been given for your marriage, to strengthen your marriage, to strengthen your families, to serve in the kingdom. Don't go hurting others with this gift. And everything that Scripture teaches about chastity and purity in the redeemed life, everything that it teaches is related to boundaries, to respect for others. Simply put, marital love is not one of those inalienable rights of mankind. Rather, this bond that brings a man and woman together in a physical and emotional union is given by God exactly for that purpose, to strengthen Marriages and families and nothing else. Well, you may feel the, the strong pull of physical attraction and passion both within and, and outside of marriage. It's a part of being human. But a Christian in whom God dwells by His Spirit is aware. You will know right away that those feelings of, of passion and desire They're only valuable, they're only good when they're kept in their marriage relationship. It's true. If you have gasoline, you can start a fire almost anywhere you go. But you know that it's not helpful to start a fire in a place where it can destroy things. Start a fire in your bedroom, that's not a good idea. Start a fire, a big fire in a forest or or right here in the the front of the church. It's not a good thing. Fire is only useful when it is contained. The same is true of marital love. It is possible physically to make it happen in several situations outside of marriage, especially if you use the the gasoline of, of lies and intimidation and alcohol and pornography and peer pressure. But it will only do damage. And God in his grace tells you that. And he tells us that every Sunday. Do not commit adultery. Stay away from all that destroys. And remain in the work of Jesus Christ where there is purity and joy. And yes, in marriage, that passion of physical and emotional love. You are the bride of Christ. He's purified you with his own blood. He has bought you with a price. He dwells in you by his Holy Spirit. Not so that you can go throw your body around all over the place. But so you can be dedicated to Him. And He leads some of us to get married. And He leaves others, and He leads others of us to get married and have children. But all of us know that we have a mission and a calling in his kingdom, and that's first. Each mission makes use of different tools, and only those who are married need to invest time and energy in the tool of marital love. And this fire of marital love helps you to find a compatible husband or wife with whom you can glorify God and that also helps you to maintain your relationship to him or her. But in any other context, brothers and sisters, it doesn't need a lot of convincing. But remember, in any, any other context, it's horribly and terribly destructive. So that we may continue to enjoy the purity and the chastity of the redeemed life. Let us keep the fire of marital love where it belongs and use it to strengthen marriages and families that God uses in order to build and bless his kingdom. Amen.